Welcome to Candy from Strangers. I'm Rebecca. And I'm James. We're coming at you with some candid talk where we aim to contemplate and journey through this life and help your day just taste a little bit sweeter. It's been a while. Like a hundred years. Feels that way. Our last podcast was all about octopus bread lady and having to put things down or pick things up. And then our life got really, really busy. So we had to put a couple things down. We haven't stared across our podcast table at each other in quite some time. Hello. Hello. Is it me you're looking for? <laughs> I can see it in your eyes. I can see it in your soul. <laughs> I never remember words to songs. Our nine-year-old has his memorized. Mm-hmm. So we took a break on the podcast because we were working super hard on a lot of things. And you can only do so much at one time. So just kind of checking in right now. It's a progress report on our squares. On how well we're doing with our squared up life, our dares. Tell you what, I've had a lot of focus on one area um, because I had a deadline to get the book all up to snuff and submitted. And way back when our first episode was your first draft, not your final draft. Let me tell you what, your final draft is also not your final draft. (laughs) So uh, May 20th was the release day for The Fourth Fate written by yours truly. I have a book, you guys. Oh, and I'm not joking. Yesterday, we went into Barnes & Noble, and I said, hey, can you look up an author for me? They looked it up, and sure enough, it's in the system. And our local Barnes & Noble said they will order a few copies, and they have a local distributor that will proof the copies when they come in. And if everything's up to snuff, they'll have me come into the store and sign them. Just a couple copies, but being a local author and seeing your book on the shelf is just it's an amazing feeling. So I can't wait for that to happen. But first, we're going to be flying to Alaska on location to film uh, that movie I wrote. Remember how I was talking about the screenplay and I wanted to spend five hours a week writing a screenplay? Well, I missed a couple days and I missed some hours, but I got it done, submitted it to a few festivals and then decided, you know what? We're going to produce this. Why wait? If 2020 taught us anything, it's tomorrow is not guaranteed. So why wait? It's nerve wracking, guys. It is so crazy. Didn't you always want to be a film producer, babe? Uh, yeah, apparently. It was my life goal. Bucket list. <laughs> I wrote it down to cross it off. You're welcome. <laughs> Just like seven months ago, we decided to start a business and start a podcast. And you decided to write a screenplay. And we already had this book that you wanted to publish. But that's what we started the business was to like take your creative content and and get it out there. And that's so cool because, guys, her book is going to be in the Library of Congress. She figured out how to make that happen. We're a micro-publishing company. This is cool. Right. And we hope to, in January next year, open uh, for... Query letters. So starting in January 2022, after the film Hell will be wrapped and hopefully in the festival circuit, we are going to refocus back on Castle Core Publishing with the imprint of Bright Eyes Publishing to hopefully publish another author. Not just our own works, but we'll take all the lessons learned and actually be open for business to the general public. Ah, to the general creative public. Yes. Those creative talents out there that just need a little nudge to get out there and have their works be seen by others. But we're testing all of this on ourselves with a book, screenplay, a movie, and teach ourselves to be brave. It's a good year for that. 
And teach ourselves how to make deadlines. <laughs> huh, deadlines, yes. Because you have to proof your book. You have to upload it and then get a proof copy and then go through, proof it, send it back, and then hopefully get another one and proof it again just to make sure all the, the edits were loaded correctly. And if you don't change your file name, sometimes the computers don't actually change the file. And then you get it back and it's still full of errors. So that's fun to learn. Also, I am recording the book as an audiobook because during this whole year of home learning, our children started listening to a lot more audiobooks. And I thought, well, why not, right? I'm a trained actor and I can use my voice and lots of fun characterizations. So I made a little studio, hold myself up in my closet and recorded the entire book. Gosh, in almost two weeks, it took me almost two weeks to do the whole thing. And let me tell you, even after uploading the final draft, I'm on like final draft version five, guys, because when you read something out loud, you notice every single punctuation error. A missing word or two. Straight up missing words, you guys. And when you read it, we read it. Beta readers read it. I don't know. James read it. Missing words. Because when you're reading it and you're in the story, your brain automatically puts the word in there. But that told me a positive thing that if these people were missing the fact that there's a missing word, then they were in the story. And that was my goal. And so even having an error and having to go back and fix something wasn't wasn't super stressful because I can look at the big picture and say, oh, but they got the story. They were in the story. It got them. And that, of course, is the true goal. For me, I get goosebumps right now just thinking about it because that's my true heart of hearts is just being a storyteller. So it's out there. It's out there in the world. It's called The Fourth Fate. Look it up. It's Greek fiction for middle grade readers. So think ages like 10 to 15. It's a good read. Your kids will like it. You'll like it. And talk about the film. Do you know how crazy that is? Nerve wracking. Like trying to come up with a budget, explain what we're doing, hiring a cinematographer and incorporating somebody into our team. That's a lot of trust. Thankfully, you knew somebody. So I reached out locally um, and I found a cinematographer in the St. Louis area that I actually went to college with. His name is Darius Hagens and he has his own business called Nostalgic Forevers. And was it four years ago, five years ago, he posted something online saying, I really want to make a movie. I really want to work on a big project and he took some time but here I am just reaching out to him saying do you know anybody in the local area who does this and he was so excited he said Rebecca I do this like you do and let me tell you I have a theater background he has a theater background we literally went to school in the same theater program in Warrensburg Missouri of all places so yeah so here we are 15 years later (laughs) asking him to be part of our team and we've already shot 20 pages of the script right so that's about a quarter Sorry, I said script, screenplay. Yeah, I know. It's funny how similar these worlds are, but how totally different they are. And the processes, I could just, I could go on and on about this all day and bore everybody. But I love pre-production and the planning, but I'm used to the theater world, right? And a lot of that, of course, is applicable to the film world. Um, Some of the words are different. Some of the jobs are different. And the timeline is so different. Your rehearsals, (laughs) if you have them, of course depend on you being around your actors. Thank goodness we all know how to use Zoom now. And blocking is strange because you don't necessarily have a location until the day of when you're shooting an independent film and you are beholden to people's homes or the weather. It's it's so different than having a theater, which is also akin to having a studio where you can do everything in one building and you don't have to get, you know, show on the road, rained on, which happened to us, by the way. <laughs> one of our scenes, it was pouring rain. So then we had to go back and do a pickup scene and and simulate rain with a hose. Smoke and mirrors, you guys. Smoke and mirrors. And learning all of this as 
producer, director, writer, costume designer, makeup artist, props manager. Props master. Props master. Straight up, I have to go get food for people. And and child actor directing. It is a lot of fun. And it's all hands on deck for our family. Everybody's pitching in. And I'm still juggling a full-time job. I'm over here saying, memorize some lines, guys. (laughs) So I'm kind of doing like a Sylvester Stallone here where he wrote a film, wanted to be in the film, direct the film, act in the film, all those things. And who doesn't like Sly? Right. Great role model. (laughs) Can I be Rambo? (laughs) The next. Next movie. Next movie. (laughs) I'd want an eye patch just because. I can't pull off an eye patch. Over your glasses. Oh, that's what I put it over my glasses, not over my. <laughs> not under them. No, that'd be ridiculous. He'd be like, "Why? Why does he have an eye patch over his glasses?" Don't talk to him about it. He doesn't like questions. Moving on. So, with all this focus on the film and focus on this creative work, on my work, my square got a little bit lopsided because I let some of my like physical training slide. Some of my healthy eating was sliding because I was so wrapped up in doing these things. And it's funny how life ebbs and flows in that way. But I did good this time instead of beating myself up about it and tearing myself down about it. I allowed myself to, to realize you're, you're holding a lot. You're juggling a lot. Once again, like our octopus bread lady. You don't have that many arms. If you're so focused on one thing, that's okay. And you know it's only for a season. It's only for a time. And then also just being aware of that is like half the battle of anything. It's just being aware. Hey, so you should probably eat some celery the next day because... Today was full of burgers and quick food, so. Yeah, so these lifestyle dares that we talked about a couple months ago, working on trying to square up our lives, making sure that our, our spiritual, our social, our physical, and our mental is taken care of. Ooh, yeah, I had, I was doing a lot of stoicism reviews, a lot of stoicism study. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, at one time I talked about Epictus, I got corrected. It's Epictetus, Epictetus. I don't know, you got to go to the dailystoic.com. Shout out to Ryan Holiday. I had to I had to get off of his uh, mail thing. My email was blowing up with how much stuff that he is sending out there, making sure that people are connected. Great resource, but it was actually like making me just a little bit crazy with juggling how many different things I was working on. My mental dare that I had to slow it down a little bit on what I was reading, what I was studying, especially with all the things that we're doing with book launch, film production, work, kids. I was like, okay. But yeah, it was funny when I was like, oh, that's how you really say, say his name. You don't want to hear me say his name because um, the way I think it is probably not family friendly. But great stuff with stoicism. Great stuff with some books out there that I'm looking at. But my nine-year-old was like, dad, you need to read this book. I'm like, yes, dear. So I read Heaven is for Real. That was, that's my big book for the month. It was pretty good. It was a very interesting read and just made my kid's face light up reading it and knowing that I took time to read something that she focused on too. Totally worth the time. I don't think I've read any books. No, I've read directing books and I've read filmmaking books. That's what I was going to say. You've read all the educational how-tos that you could possibly imagine. That's true. I Because on my nightstand is just a fiction book sitting over there and I want to read it and put a good review on Goodreads, but it's just sitting there. And before I go read that book, I have to get the podcast done, right? So it's kind of shuffling the deck of, of priorities and getting things lined up and where do they fit and not feeling bad if I can't get to something. because. I know eventually that I will. Convincing our teenager of that is immense because she's like, why can't I binge watch this with you? I'm like, no, I don't have hours to just sit and watch TV. I want to. I definitely want to watch these different shows and just hang out. But 
we've got to do things as a family. We can't all do things that a 14-year-old wants to do or what a five-year-old wants to do. We have to do things that the family can do, which is fun, figuring out where to fit in everybody's wants and needs at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. And being selective about TV watching because it is a time suck for sure. And that was fine when we were stuck inside for forever. (laughs) But now we have things to do. And so we kind of got to break that habit. It's true that consistency is king. And once you get in the habit of reading a certain time of day for a certain amount of time, you can keep up with that. But of course, like big projects, like what we have going on can sort of usurp the time. But if you have that consistency in place already, that pattern in place, it's easier to get back into it instead of like this huge momentum push to get back into it. Good job. Thank you. And then with physical, I I hit a point with my job that I was transferring positions, going from one office to another. So I ended up working 12, 14 hours a day for like five, six weeks straight during, uh, not seven days a week, just during the the weekdays, uh, trying to calm it down on the weekends, just so I could transfer positions over well and hand over things and learn the new job. My physical there went out the window. There was not even a thought about it. It was just drink a lot of coffee, sleep when you can. Right. And here and there, I'm like, hey, look at this movie stuff. Let's go for a walk and talk. My lifesaver. I'm going to put you in a film. So now you need to drop 10 pounds. Surprise. And learn some lines. Surprise, surprise. (laughs) We read as a cast. We read the film for our director. It's called a read through. It's called a read through. Yeah. (laughs) Just last week. I was awful. Two days ago. I think you put the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllables a couple of times. I don't know if that was for fun or what, but it was like awkward. I didn't know what I was reading at one point. I was also wrangling our kids at the same time so she could direct and also read her part. That's true. We were joking around later. I said it wasn't terrible. It just wasn't good. I just found out I can't read. Yeah. New goal. (laughs) New New challenge. (laughs) Part of my mental dare is learning how to read properly. ABCs with James. Like little kids with microphones. That's how I start this. I always say, I'm James. (laughs) (laughs) And you do it so well. Thanks. So yeah, part of this challenge with the film, with our mental, social, spiritual, and physical dares is that we're also acting in it. So that puts an extra strain, an extra challenge, and, and just makes it that much more fun. That's what lights my fire. Character development, all of that. It's my fire. And it is developing our character. And taking on so many roles, though, pun intended, having that hat of the director, the, the actor hat, having on the producer hat, having on the costume designer hat, having on my prop master hat, everything, everything that goes into that, um, creating contracts and waivers and all of this, it's very time consuming. And I'll be trucking right along and then all of a sudden the self-doubt dragon just rears its ugly head and will swipe its tail and just knock my feet out from under me and i have these moments where i'm like i can't do that and i literally have to like mom myself and be like rebecca yes you can you stand back up you know what you're doing you've done this before you went to school for this you're talented you're smart you're clever you can figure it out you know how to figure things out it's literally in your dna get up and figure it out And so I do. And each little rung of the ladder that I climb up, it's like retelling myself, I can do this. And so anybody out there who thinks, I want to write a screenplay someday or a play, or I want to be able to produce a film, or I want to be able to be an actor, I'll tell you right now, you can. Yes, there's doubt. There's self-doubt. It's going to be there no matter what 
job you have. I don't, I mean, you switch jobs in the middle of all of this. You have to figure stuff out, but you can do it. You're capable. You are, and you can figure it out. And there's a YouTube video for absolutely everything that you don't know. I am so proud of all the people that are make YouTube videos just to share. I am astonished at how many people want to share how to fix something on their car, plumb electrical, whatever. Yeah, yeah plumb electrical. But just <laughs> <laughs> how much I've been watching the YouTube videos. <laughs> Plumbing and electrical and doing all the things to your basement for your D- DIY. It is amazing. People are out there taking the time to share in a community to hopefully make somebody else's life a little bit better and pass on that knowledge. So it's just a little clearer for somebody else to learn or figure out how to do it themselves. It's amazing. So taking the time to actually give yourself a progress report is good practice. Not to compare yourself to other people because that will just steal your joy, right? Comparing is the thief of joy. But progress report on yourself so you can look at all the things that you have done. When you're sitting there thinking, I can't do anything. I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. I don't know what I'm doing, right? Where is that even coming from? If you take a moment and pause and look at all the things that you have done, look at how far you have come, you can realize, oh my gosh, I don't have an F minus. I'm not a D. I'm, I'm a B plus right now. Hang on. Wait a second. Bye, Felicia. I'm, I'm going to reach that A. You can move on out of the way. So take a minute, do your progress report, check in. Where are you? Uh, we had our four square plan and it gets wonky. That's life. It's not always going to be this perfect square. And so that's why you take a minute to look at it, refocus, maybe dust off some cobwebs where they need to be dusted off and then jump back in. You get, you get back on the horse. And that's kind of a metaphor for this year. Giddy up, James. Got weird. (laughs) Where's your coconuts? Oh my gosh. One of the fun parts about being with such a creative individual and cheering her on and championing her and finding ways to to support. This year, we were like, you know, if you want to make a movie, we can do that. Just like we did with a podcast, just like we did with publishing her book and starting a company. Now we're locked in, arm in arm, equally yoked, leaning forward into making this independent feature film. And then my wife, who, guys, Becca doesn't just go halfway on things. She's like, this is what we're doing? Okay. And we're in the news now because she got called up with all of the things that she's been doing with marketing and all the different things in the outreach. A local newspaper from our hometown called her up and interviewed her. It was awesome. And she made it in the front page of the entertainment section. There she is, a picture of the cast, like in action. And would you like to say what the name of this feature film is, honey? Yes, I would love to say the name of the feature narrative film that I wrote. It's called Next to North. And it's based in North Pole, Alaska, because that's where we grew up. So we grew up there. But why are we basing the movie in North Pole, Alaska? What are we doing here? Can you tell us a little bit about the movie and Give us a sneak peek. Well, the movie follows a middle-aged woman whose life sort of falls apart um, during the pandemic. Her husband asks for a divorce. And so she moves back home to North Pole, Alaska. And quirky characters and family members help her put her life back together. So I love romantic comedies. And so it has those elements in it. But I would call it more of a dramedy. There's definitely a through line there about healing and growth and what it takes to allow people to help you. 
And it was really important to me to write something that didn't just have sort of a storybook end, but a happy ending with our kind of messy life, finding joy in a messy life. And that's all I'm going to say about that because I don't want to give away too much. You're going to have to watch the movie, which hopefully will be out sometime this winter, next spring, after we're done with post-production. Yeah, post-production. He's learning all the terms, you guys. It's so great. I'm like, guess what we have to do next? And he's like, what is that? Just everything. There's next stage, next stage, next stage. Low budget. (laughs) (laughs) Right. The film is going to be produced on a shoestring budget. So it's a crowdfunded film. And of course, we have a GoFundMe page out there for people to donate if they can. And if they can't, that's fine. Just, you know, following us on Instagram or on Facebook. It's just Next to North Film is beneficial. Just getting the word out there, creating some buzz is exciting for us before you get to the stage of film festivals and hopefully distribution. And even if the film is not purchased or picked up at a festival, we still aim to stream it online. If I have to, I'll pull it on YouTube. I'm that stoked about making a movie that if we need to, I'll host it on our own website. I just, we're making a movie and it's awesome. But yes, it is very low budget and we're getting some amazing support from a couple individuals that believe in us, which is great. Yeah, that's awesome. Not everybody is doing donations, of course, through GoFundMe. Some of them are private donations and it's just, I'm so humbled and I'm so grateful. It really is that field of dreams. If you build it, they will come. People want to jump on the train because it's left the station. It's going. This is going to be made. It's, it's happening now. And all I can say is that I'm grateful. I'm doing the hard work. I've had a lot of sleepless nights already. I know there's more to come, but I have to get my beauty rest. It's a lot of hard work, but it also just inspires me. So thank you, Philip and Michelle. Thank you, Samantha. Thank you, Jeremy. Thank you, Allison. Thank you, Julie. And to the others who have donated already. Because of your help, We were able to wrap the first quarter of the film. And now I have the entire wardrobe for three main characters ready to go. I've taken photographs and I put them in a, and I put them in a photo book with corresponding scenes. And I'm finishing up the shot list for the next, gosh, month of our lives. (laughs) We'll be working hard, but it's because of the donations and because of the community and people emailing me saying they have props that I can use that I don't have to go buy them is so helpful. And I'm just so grateful. I'm so thankful. Um, Yeah. So thank you. And we're going up north. We're so thankful for people that are supporting us mentally. They're supporting us physically. They're, they're taking care of us. We have different family and friends that are able to pitch in and help out to intangible things that we're not going to be able to write down and say thank you to for all the different support and the different thoughts. And it's hard to say thank you all the time. It's like, you know what this means to me? Okay. Uh, but it's it's also cool just to know that other people are cheering on and are there just be like, hey, cool. And we know that they can't be there every day and that they are not always sitting there just with a checkbook ready to hand out or with a thing that we need. But it's nice to know that we have people that believe in us. That's That's great. And people that are willing to back us, I'll tell you, like, at the same time, we're all in. Like, a year ago, I wrote down that I wanted to own a business in a year or in 10 years. I didn't realize I was going to have a business in less than that time, that we would have it in a year. Now my goal is that in 10 years, my dream would be that the business makes money. Yeah, <laughs> we hope. Baby steps. Baby steps. It's a low budget. <laughs> it's what we can afford by month. That's it. We're just, we're, we're having fun. And instead of instead of golfing, we're making a movie, and it's it's awesome. Makes twenty twenty one really fun year so far. Not day by day, day by day, it's crazy. But so far, if you look holistically at the year, 
it's a fun year. You're creative too, in your own way. Yeah. Duct tape. <laughs> I made an air conditioner once. <laughs> I almost just choked on my tea. He tried to make an air conditioner once in Alaska. I got this idea. Hang on. Hang on. Because in Alaska, they don't have air conditioning. They think we don't need it here. Or when they design buildings, they were like, we don't need air conditioning. False. It gets really hot in the summer in Alaska, you guys. You need air conditioning. But it's only hot for like three months out of the year. I don't care. And your air conditioner will literally freeze off the side of the house. I don't The care. other nine I'll months. I'll bag it in a bag. That sounds naked. I'll bag it up. <laughs> So I got this idea for an air conditioner. I, for all of my ability to fix aircraft, when I'm left to my own devices, I have really weird ideas of how things are supposed to work. So I, uh, I take my truck to a, a mechanic. I just do. I just, I don't do it myself. I was really great on working on aircraft and I'm over it. But anyways, so I made an air conditioner, got an igloo cooler. I cut holes in it and I got a fan. I saw this. It worked on YouTube. <laughs> Thank you, do-it-yourselfer, guys. It was fantastic. <laughs> you put ice in the igloo cooler, a fan on one side and one hole, and then a pipe coming out of the other hole, the igloo. And the fan pushes air, it's just like a swamp cooler, over the ice, and then out through the hole, and out comes colder air. That was the idea. It did not work. At all. We could just put the fan up in the room. <laughs> it was bad. My kids, they put up with it. My wife was like, oh, that's great. My brothers were like, that's something dad would have done. That was terrible. There's like duct tape around this PVC tube. <laughs> Gotta seal the holes. What? I don't know. It just, it it was a great idea. I ruined a cooler. I ruined a fan. There's duct tape everywhere. I think I ruined the ice. <laughs> so yeah, I'm creative. I am creative. That was a hot summer. That's a good story. So stay tuned. We're going to be podcasting again very soon, and we're going to see about getting into a regular schedule, but right now we're full steam ahead on making a movie, marketing a book, and we are also just continuously looking at ways and conversations for us to sit down and share with you a little bit about what we've learned together in all the different adventures we have.